Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about why the hashtag no makeup movement is actually leading to more makeup sales and why scientists made photosynthetic frogs. We'll also answer a listener question about why atoms don't collapse. Let's satisfy some curiosity. They say that beauty is only skin deep. Well, a new study found that the same is true of the hashtag no makeup movement, which encouraged women to reject cosmetics and embrace their quote-unquote natural beauty. Instead, it kind of did the opposite. So if you're not familiar, the no makeup campaign began in 2009 but rose to a fever pitch in 2016. That was when Alicia Keys declared that she'd be going makeup-free. At the time, she said she didn't want to quote-unquote cover up anymore. And last year, she told Glamour UK she'd become addicted to makeup. But Key's revolution isn't quite what it seems. Her makeup artist admitted to enhancing her freckles with product and even applying individual false lashes to fill in her brows. That's a lot of work for a look that's supposed to be effortless. And according to research, it's effort, or lack thereof, that colors how people judge a person's beauty. Scientists from the University of Georgia confirmed this by having 633 participants judge the attractiveness of a woman's selfie. The photo stayed the same across conditions, but the caption changed. One group saw a caption in which she said she was wearing makeup, and another group saw a caption stating she wasn't. A control group saw a caption simply saying that it was a midweek selfie. The photo with the makeup-free caption was the winner. That suggests that our perception of how much effort a woman puts into her appearance influences how attractive we judge her to be. And Instagram users know it. Scientists used imaging techniques to detect a swath of selfies with the hashtag no makeup, whose subjects were, in fact, wearing makeup. These images got more likes and were deemed more attractive by a machine learning model. With all this, it's no wonder that the no-makeup movement didn't exactly lead people to use less makeup. Researchers figured this out by collecting every tweet using the hashtag from the movement's 2009 birth through 2016. They compared those to weekly facial cosmetic sales data over the same period. Turns out that cosmetic sales surged as the no-makeup movement gained steam. The team says the movement seems to have changed how women used makeup rather than emboldening them to give it up. Instead of creating clearly made-up looks, consumers sought out low-key concealers, mascaras, and other products that helped them appear au naturel. Whether you get a boost from a full face of makeup or COVID-19 has kind of killed your cosmetics effort, know that the movement to stop using makeup isn't entirely genuine. In the end, just do what makes you feel your best. After all, that's when true beauty shines through. That and when you're really hot. Yeah, that helps. That helps. Everyone knows that animals get energy from eating food and plants get energy from the sun through photosynthesis. It'd be pretty cool if animals could get energy from the sun too, though, right? I mean, sure it would be. And a team of scientists in Germany just did something pretty cool. They made photosynthetic frogs. Well, tadpoles specifically. The tadpoles were a bunch of baby African clawed frogs, which you might remember from our episode about frogs being one of the earliest forms of pregnancy testing. In the experiment, right after the tadpoles sprouted limbs, 
researchers injected the animals with microbes that rely on photosynthesis, either green algae or blue-green algae, also known as cyanobacteria. The microbes were carried throughout their bodies, and they actually turned the slightly transparent animals to a leafy green. And then things got a little uncomfortable. After the scientists injected the tadpoles with photosynthetic organisms, they turned off the lights and slowly removed oxygen from the tadpoles' water tanks. As the tadpoles became more and more oxygen-deprived, they began to pass out and their brain activity screeched to a halt. Now, I know this all sounds pretty mean, but wait until you hear the next part, because I promise it gets better. The scientists then shined a bright light into the water, and wouldn't you know it, the tadpoles hopped back to life. The microbes they had been injected with started producing oxygen with photosynthesis, and that oxygen jump-started the tadpoles' brain activity. They were powered entirely by their new photosynthetic endosymbiont friends. Now, this sounds unnatural. Keep in mind that this concept mirrors what we see in nature. While no animal has truly evolved photosynthesis, there are animals that have managed to steal it. We told you a while ago about sea slugs called nudipranks that steal photosynthesizing algae, and corals are full of this stuff too. Even cooler, spotted salamanders contain algae in their embryonic stage. That makes them the only known vertebrate to steal photosynthesis, at least for one life stage. The researchers believe this finding could potentially lead to clinical treatments in cases where the brain is deprived of oxygen. But it's worth noting that what's true for tadpoles and salamanders very likely won't hold up for humans, since we are much larger and a lot less transparent. For now, it's at least a bright idea. We got a listener question from Joseph in Denver, Colorado, who writes... If protons and electrons are attracted to each other, why do atoms not collapse? Great question, Joseph. Did you say Colorado? Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm from California. I say Colorado. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Save your angry emails, please. <laughs> no one's going to be angry about that. I know you're so angry. You're listening to this and you're shaking your fist <laughs> at your podcast app. Why, Ashley? Why? You betrayed us. She's just from California. Anyway, <laughs> it makes perfect sense to imagine that negatively charged electrons whizzing around a nucleus of positively charged protons would end badly. I mean, when you have the negatively charged end of a magnet near the positively charged end of another magnet, the two tend to collide. But atoms don't follow the classical rules of physics that govern the normal sized stuff we're used to. In fact, if they did, our entire physical reality would be different. Because here's the thing. If you imagine that electrons orbit the atomic nucleus the way that planets orbit the sun, that's a perfect example of classical physics in action, the electrons would absolutely crash into the nucleus. That's because if a charged object like an electron moves with a changing velocity the way it would if it orbited in a circular path, Classical physics says that the charged object has to radiate energy. And that means losing energy. And that means it would eventually crash into the nucleus. Luckily, subatomic particles don't follow the rules of classical physics. They follow the rules of quantum physics. 
and in quantum physics, the rules are a little less intuitive. First of all, electrons don't actually orbit the nucleus at all. Instead, they exist in a sort of probability cloud, where their probability of being in certain locations is higher than their probability of being in other locations, but they're not really localized to any set location. Second, these electrons can only exist at certain energy levels, spots where they don't lose or gain energy. They can jump to different energy levels, but that requires them to either absorb or emit a certain quantity of energy. And in normal circumstances, they're just not gonna. That's why they don't collapse into the nucleus. They're comfortable where they are. Now, in extreme cases, like when atoms are unstable because they have too many protons, electrons can be absorbed by a proton in the nucleus. That turns the proton into a neutron and leaves a neutrino behind. This is called electron capture, and it's a type of radioactive decay. It's a good thing this doesn't happen with every atom, because it would mean all matter would eventually collapse. Thanks for your question, Joseph. If you have a question, send it in to curiosity at discovery.com or leave us a voicemail at 312-596-5208. I, for one, am looking forward to next week's episodes of Curiosity Daily. So, hey, Ashley, why don't we tell people what they can expect? Well, all right. Next week, you'll learn about why you don't lose the most heat through your head, how researchers study mystical experiences and why they want to in the first place, why Venus has probably never had oceans, the mystery of why one specific Mozart sonata can reduce epilepsy seizures, why you act irrationally when your freedom is threatened, and more. Okay, so now let's recap what we learned today. Well, we learned that the hashtag no makeup movement, which encouraged women to ditch makeup and let their natural beauty shine through, actually encouraged women to just get sneakier about their makeup use and led to a rise in makeup sales as a result. Research shows that people judge a woman's appearance partially on how much effort they think she put into it, which might be why imaging techniques found that a whole lot of the hashtag no makeup selfies on Instagram are of people with a full face of makeup. Womp womp. I got I got really into like makeup internet for a while and was watching a lot of YouTube videos and following people on Instagram and talking about it in forums and stuff. And there's like almost, it's almost a meme about how doing a no makeup makeup look actually takes longer than doing just a regular makeup look because there's, you have to be so precise and use a very light hand, but it, it requires a lot of work to do that, to make your skin look like it's naturally perfect. And your brows look just like every single hair is perfectly in place. And, uh, and yeah, it's, I mean, it's funny because, you know, you would think, well, why don't you just like not wear makeup? But that's not, that doesn't get you the same look. You know, you have to do the no makeup makeup look. It's, it's so weird, really, when you really think about it. But yeah, it's a thing. It's a double-edged sword. Like, you know, as a guy, I don't really know much about how to apply makeup. I've had makeup applied many times, doing on-camera stuff and acting roles that I've had in the past. But it's like, if I wake up and I feel like I look like crap, I can't really do anything about it. I look at the mirror and it's like, well, okay, I look like garbage. <laughs> whatever blemishes I have or cuts or scrapes or whatever's going on that day. And it's like, you know, sorry about you. I guess everybody gets to see the, the authentic male me. So. Right. It's like, is that freedom? 
You know, like, like, wouldn't you? <laughs> maybe it'd be good to put on a little concealer and not feel weird about it. Like, maybe we should just break down these these gender binaries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let us all use makeup the way we want to or don't want to. Not use them the way you know what I mean. Use as much or as little makeup as we want to. Yeah, I at least taught myself how to use concealer. Pro tip, guys, get that. Especially if you audition a lot, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna thank me later. I mean, hey. My husband uses my old Fenty foundation that I decided I didn't like. It, it's very good for him, and he goes on camera all the time, so it's perfect. Boom. <laughs> and we learned that scientists injected African clawed frog tadpoles with algae and made them photosynthetic. When they reduced the oxygen in their tanks and then hit them with a bright light, the algae started making oxygen, and the tadpoles hopped back to life. This isn't the first time we've seen an animal use algae for photosynthesis, but it is the first time scientists have made it happen in frogs. And by the way, they really did hop back to life. They had grown their little arms and legs. Pretty impressed that these things hopped back to life after they croaked. (laughs) Not literally, but you know what I mean. Hey, guess what else we learned? We also learned that electrons and protons don't collide to make atoms collapse all the time. Because they follow the rules of quantum physics. That means that electrons can only occupy set energy levels where they neither lose nor gain energy. That keeps them from falling into the nucleus where the protons live. Electrons sometimes get absorbed by protons, but that's only during certain types of radioactive decay. Not what you can expect from everyday atoms. I thought this was a great question. It's so reasonable. Like... Yeah, if this thing's negatively charged and things positively charged, why are they not just running into each other all the time? Totally reasonable. And I think it's a cool, if not intuitive answer. Like, quantum physics is always kind of frustrating. It's like, it's just, they just sit and set energy levels. Next question. Coming in hot on the quantum physics. (laughs) Today's writers were Steffi Drucker and Cameron Duke. Our managing editor is Ashley Hamer, who is also a writer on today's episode. Our producer and audio editor is Cody Goff. Have a great weekend. Then join us again Monday. You don't even have to wear makeup to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. Stay curious.